0: Weekend is here, and we're breaking down the teams that you're passionate about. Oh, really? This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Welcome back to Saturday Show here on The Zone Sports Network. Agent Elizer, Jay Catch, Eric behind the glass. Uh, we're very happy to talk now with Paul Peterson, head coach at Dixie State University down there. And, uh, Coach, good morning – or good afternoon, sorry. <laughs> I've lost all sense of time. How are you today? What's going on, fellas? I'm good,
2: man. Good. Awesome.
3: Coach, Dixie State, I've got a keen interest in what you guys are doing down there. You're making the transition now from the Division II level to the FCS level, Division One football. You guys have just kicked off spring ball How has the transition gone to this point, getting ready for your first season as an FCS independent this fall?
2: No, it's been awesome. There's a ton of momentum down here. We're really excited about the growth. Uh, Just got $10 million. Our president did a phenomenal job raising some money, Greater Zion Stadium. And and so that $10 million is going to help propel us to be competitive at the FCS level with our facilities. And we're getting a different type of guy, you know, as far as recruiting goes, and that's exciting and um you know we're going to be able to compete at this high level and we just uh we're grateful for the opportunity
1: uh you're coming up from uh two years at snow college where you had a great record 18 and 4 coach um talk about that transition you kind of mentioned it there a little bit but the transition from uh snow college down to dixie state
2: yeah you know snow's awesome snow's like this uh little you know i played at snow so it's got a special place in my heart and my kids enjoyed growing up there there's uh a lot of really good people around that place but um an opportunity for guys, guys are hungry at snow college to get, get a scholarship to get to the next level. And, and, um, you know, so it's easy to motivate them. And, um, you know, I just try to be a good guy no matter what. And, mm-hmm. you know, the scheme's the same and, and maybe the talent level is just a little bit different, but uh, football's football and try to keep the, you know, the same leadership principles that we're always talking about in front of our guys, toughness and hard work. And, you know, those are universal whatever level you are. And so, um, you know, we're just, uh, you know, making the jump here, just like I said, a different type of kid and maybe a little bit better uh, athlete, and and um, just trying to develop them in our weight room and in the classroom, and that's uh, that's 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 what we're about. What my goal is, and it's not not too much too much difference. It's the same, just builders of young men. You know.
3: Yeah, Coach. You guys have been on a little bit of a string here of announcing series. Uh, just earlier this week, announcing two games against the University of Utah. Later on this decade, previously announced series at BYU. Have a one-game series there in 2022. You've announced series with both Weber State and Southern Utah. How important is it having these relationships with the other FCS and FBS programs in this state as you guys enter FCS independence? You know
2: that that's that's huge, right? I mean, I mean, we want to be. Uh... Uh, you know, FCS wise, Weaver and SCU have both won championships the last couple uh, couple years, and we want to be at that level. And you know, and I think with our location, Saint George is the best place to be in the state of Utah, in my opinion. So, I feel like you get us um, to that level with scholarships, which they're doing, with facilities, which they're doing, and, and um, we're gonna we're gonna win those recruiting battles that that uh, that Dixie hasn't been able to be able to compete with in Division Two. And you know how awesome it is that there's some fourth or fifth graders out there that are going to be playing against Utah um, yeah. in the future here, uh, and and uh, in that venue, and they're they're one of the best schools in the West, and, and obviously BYU with their tradition. So our guys are excited for these opportunities to compete at the highest level in the state, and um, what a challenge for uh, for myself and our coaching staff to get our team ready to to compete at that level. It's 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 exciting, man. We love it.
1: Coach Paul Peterson on with us here from Dixie State, uh, head coach of the football team. Coach uh, Independence is something that uh, people know a lot about, uh, at least up here in the Salt Lake Provo area with BYU. Uh, What do you make of Independence at the FCS level, and what advantages has it given you guys as you head into your first season?
2: Yeah, you know, there's um, we're playing some really good competition. I think we're playing five playoff teams. You know, four in the FCS, and then uh, the Tarleton state they're making the jump to division one just like we are in the mm-hmm. whack and um they were 11 and one last year so we're playing some really really good competition um ex- ex- excited about that you know there was a lot of teams that wanted to play us but not a lot of teams that wanted to come back to our stadium and play us and so we're, we're heavy away these first couple years uh, but that's okay it, it works itself out but by the time we're able to get into the playoff SES playoffs we got plenty of home games and so you know just part of that deal is climbing up uh I guess they call it the probationary time mm-hmm. um, making the jump. We can't go to the playoffs, I think, for three or four years, but um, that's okay. We need that time to get it, to get at that level and develop our guys. And so um, we'll be we'll be we'll be kicking and fighting in a few years for those playoffs.
3: Yeah, coach. I wanted to look at your roster a little bit. You have two quarterbacks on this roster that I noticed played pretty extensively last year, One, a BYU transfer in Cody Wilstead, had a stop at a JUCO school in between going from BYU to Dixie, and also Keaton Mott, uh, for, formerly known as Keaton Torre, a former star at Bingham High School up here in the Salt Lake area. Uh, those two young men, what do you make of their abilities as you guys move forward here?
2: You know, both really good Utah quarterbacks coming from really good programs. You know, Cody was at Pine View, and, mm-hmm. and you mentioned Bingham. Um, with With Keaton... Those guys were; those are tremendous competitors. They got big time arms um, and made some tremendous plays for us. You know, it just worked out where uh, the competition was. They earned; they both earned playing time, so I had to play them both. And one guy would play bad, the other guy would come in relief and, and close the game out, or vice versa. And it was a uh, it was a good problem to have. I think I think we were top in in, in a conference in passing, uh, but with with two different quarterbacks and actually played a third that did pretty good for us too. So it's definitely a good problem to have. Uh, some really good quarterbacks we anticipate this spring practice to be able to hopefully name a starter, uh, but if we keep having that success with two guys going then we'll keep it keep it up but what I've noticed in the state of Utah really good high school coaches these guys from these high school teams and you can see a lot of other schools from out of state come to recruit Utah guys because they're ready and they're good football players and so we got to dominate the state recruiting and, and we're trying to keep them here and, and and that's our goal and I tip my hat to those coaches these these quarterbacks uh kind of show that as well
1: coach you may have answered my next question but i wanted to ask you about your recruiting strategy what's your footprint uh your uh, sounds like you're obviously going to be heavy in state but where else do you guys look uh go out and look for guys to play
2: yeah we got to be in state i'm kind of flipping the roster when i came the previous coaching staff did a good job of recruiting out of state and um, not too many utah guys well, We're utah school like mm-hmm. i said the best city in the in the state in my opinion well growing like crazy but um I want to keep them here, keep them here in the state. But you stick your finger on the map at St. George and draw a little circle, six-hour radius. That's where we're attacking. We're in, okay. we're in Las Vegas, just down the street. A lot of Southern California kids. We got some Central Valley kids out of California with the connections we have. A couple guys uh, on the staff are with me at Sacramento State, so we know some guys up there. Um, got a guy out of Denver, um, guy out of Southern Idaho. So we're 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 attacking the region and did some had some pretty good recruiting battles with some of the Big Sky teams and. And we're able to get a nice, nice, big signing class that we're excited about,
3: Coach. I don't know how many people, how many people know this, but of course, you you are the brother of former BYU quarterback Charlie Peterson. Oh, Chuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he still playing quarterback? By the way, is he playing somewhere that we don't we no, should know about? I don't know about? You know what? He's he's getting his kicks playing church ball now.
2: You know? okay, fair enough. Every, okay. every Tuesday, Wednesday, you can find him at the local sticks well, center hooping it up. <laughs> I just I kept seeing he, him
3: pop up playing quarterback for some random team. It yeah. felt
2: like. He was doing the Rocky Mountain, I don't know, semi-pro, whatever you want to yeah. call it, big big boy, little league, whatever. Yeah, he loved it, man.
3: <laughs> well, and see, and adi- loved the yeah, absolutely. And additionally, you played at Snow, like you mentioned, but also went on to Boston College. And I like to say you're the guy that taught Matt Ryan everything he knows because you really ah, started before that he was such, took That over. was
2: so awesome. You know, he's such a phenomenal competitor. When he came in, we came in together. I was a junior college transfer yeah. and a return so I was, I was four years older than him. But, um, you know, I, I looked at him, and, and he looked like, um, I said this before, but, you know that famous picture of Tom Brady with yeah. his shorts at the combine. That's what Matt looks like, you know. <laughs> and and uh, you know, after I got done talking with our old head coach Tom O'Brien, he's like, "Yeah, Matt's going to be a first-round draft choice." And I'm like, I'm shaking my head, like, "Really, Matt?" You know, because he was just always so much younger, but he he developed and was a very very good quarterback, tremendous competitor, hated losing. He just had that I don't know had that moxie about him that was re- that was really fun. But um, I had a good time. Yeah, I finished twelve and two as a starter. Bowl MVP, and I, you know, just living a little kid's dream. It's like a dream now, you know, like a long time ago. But uh, it was fun. Loved it. Loved that time out there.
3: Can you use that now as you recruit? Can you walk into somebody's living room and say, son, I coached Matt Ryan. I told him everything he knows.
2: <laughs> yeah. You're like, how long ago was that? These kids I'm recruiting now, they're like three and four years old. It's like, <laughs> who? You know, so no it's, no, it's fun. I'm getting more gray hair, but that was that was a good time, man. Good time.
1: Uh, Coach, you talk about St. George being the best city in uh, Utah and it's, no hard, question. it's hard to argue. I love St George, mm-hmm. and I'm not a guy for the I tell Jake I'll drink a hot coffee on the surface of the sun. I love the heat and uh, yeah. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with uh, golfing in the middle of February down there at St. George. but, uh, I wanted to ask you about the community support uh, you You talked about the 10 million dollars for the stadium and upgrades around yeah. the facility. What's it been like getting the, the uh, community behind you guys down there?
2: Oh man, they're, they're, they're behind us 100%. They love it. You can feel it. It's palpable down here. I mean, um, the, the growth in the campus, we just, we just finished the $65 million Human Performance Center, wow. uh, indoor Olympic pool uh, in this building. It's just, and, and we got a new biology building or a new science building getting built. And, and then that, the, the announcement with the $10 million, just a ton of growth, new dorms. So our president, President Williams, has done a fantastic job uh, of really getting the support from the community. They recognize the growth. They're excited about this D1 jump. You know, uh, when I first took the job you know, with these D2 teams, you know, the, the, the feedback from the student body was like, okay, now we recognize the teams we're playing. You know, RMAC football is good football, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, they didn't recognize the Adams States or the Mesa's and mm-hmm. um, and now playing Weaver State and SUU just up the street. I mean, they're fired up. So, uh, the community is excited. The, the student body is behind us, and this was a good jump at a good time, and it's not going to slow down. The growth is tremendous down here. So, a good time to be here
3: is there going to be a pretty natural rivalry set up with southern utah being just right up the road there in cedar city
2: oh yeah we hate them already <laughs> so they so they, i uh they got some old guys in in town that i've had lunch with a couple times and and it's no joke they they'd rather they'd rather uh run out of gas than get gas in cedar city and they and they, they looked at me dead in the face and they were, they said you know, you know, birds fly upside down in, in, in Cedar City because it's not worth pooping on. You know, <laughs> and, and these these are quotes from these guys, so I'm fired up <laughs> about that, and and, uh, and to renew that rivalry, um, uh, the old timers are going to help remind us about that too. So it'll be fun. it will be awesome. National rivalry for sure.
0: All
3: right, Coach, I got one other connection for you, and this is a personal Go. one on my on my side. Uh, Peter okay. Tuiapo, your running backs coach. He,
2: he, Man, so he's actually my high
3: you. he's my high school teammate funny enough yeah. so uh if you'll just harass him a bit for me tell him Jake Hatch, okay. uh told told you to give him some crap you can go ahead and do it
2: no no doubt about it you know those those bruins they haven't won in a long time i don't know what's going on with your school man they
3: won 10 games last year it was the first time they've done it in 20 years so we'll take it no, just not while jake was there oh, not man. while i was there no that's for sure
2: yeah all i right. got a great staff. Pete's okay. one of those guys, and we're excited about that. You guys, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it.
3: Yeah, yeah. so we look forward to covering you guys. We're looking forward to seeing how Dixie does because it's a brand new era for you guys down there, and we'll be tracking it up here yeah. in Salt Lake for sure.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll be up there making some noise. Thanks, guys, for having me on.
3: Thanks, Coach. There you go. Paul Peterson, Dixie State football coach. Very interesting story that we're going to be tracking here with this program, Adrian, because as I mentioned a couple of days ago, I'm, I think it was with Hans and Scotty, we're going to have three independent programs in the state in 2020. Mm. BYU at the FBS level, Dixie State at the FCS level, and Snow College, where Paul Peterson came from to Dixie State. They're in JUCO independent. They're junior college independent. So independence is all the rage in the state of Utah, apparently. It
1: is. I think, it. you know, you actually might see it down into the old uh, high school ranks now with this RPI system.
3: That is also changing some things. We've that, seen a couple uh, of high schools that have announced they want to go independent, especially in football this coming season yep, too.
1: And uh I don't I don't know I, as a high school coach, I don't know the uh, RPI was fine. Mm-hmm. But if this is a wayside aside, but if we're getting rid of regions, then what's the point? You know, it's gotta be more, you got to be playing for something, but yeah. we may be going away from that. But big thanks to uh, Coach Peterson for jumping on with us. Jake, I wanted to switch a little bit here to mm-hmm. some more football news. You reported okay. it earlier. Uh, well, at least you confirmed it earlier. Some news out of BYU football.
3: Yeah, uh, so Cole Kubalik, he is a uh, SEC Network ESPN reporter. I originally had the original report on social media saying that BYU sophomore defensive end Devin Kafusi has entered the NCAA transfer portal. I, I, of course, reached out to my sources and confirmed it, that he is going to transfer. And I think it's a little bit of a blow to BYU because the Kafusi name is essentially synonymous with BYU football of late. He Of course, he has two cousins currently on the roster in both Isaiah and Jackson Kafusi. His two older brothers, Bronson as well as Corbin Kafusi, were BYU stars as well. They're now currently with the New York Jets in the NFL. So uh, a little bit of a surprise here to see a Kafusi enter the NCAA transfer portal out, out, out of BYU.
1: Um, What do you think uh, the impact has on the field with no Devin?
3: That's the interesting part here is because Devin has been touted by his brothers, and I'm quoting both Corbin and Bronson who have told me straight to my face that they believe that Devin has every bit the ability, if not more than both of those guys, to be an impact player at the collegiate level. They think he has all of the talent to be a guy who can really make a difference. And that comes from both of his brothers. Take that for what it's worth, because that is family talking about their brother. I get that. But he's a guy who had been in, he'd played every game in his BYU career to this point. He'd been a pretty regular contributor. Statistically not very impactful. 25 total tackles, 3 sacks so far through his career. He's going into his junior season. And normally you see guys, if they're going to make a jump, it's that kind of that sophomore to junior season where they really, okay, they figure mm-hmm. things out. The game slows down for them. They finally get an opportunity to go out and play. And then you see them become a more impactful player. But it appears that jump will come elsewhere for Devin Kafuzi.
1: And – uh He'll have to sit. here, correct. Is that? Uh, yeah. All yeah. things
3: indications are that he's not a graduate transfer. If he wants to jump down to the FCS level, if he were to go to a Dixie State, a Weber, an SUU, he's immediately eligible at that level. But if he wants to stay at FBS level, mm. yes, he will have to sit out a season.
1: So we'll have to keep an eye on where Devin Kafusi ends up. But you're right about the at least, you know, the name itself is. Why this is mildly surprising? Yeah, right. Because yeah. it's that name is BYU. His supposedly. dad,
3: Steve Kafusi, was on BYU's football's coaching staff for fourteen years yeah. and was at Utah before that. Mm-hmm. So this is a football family. It's football royalty in the state of Utah. If you're a Kafusi, like they put, they got another cousin coming into the program this year from Kahuku High School out there in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ace Kafusi. So that's a good name. It's a it's a great name. actually. Ace. Ace. My name's Ace. But they, so just the fact yeah it's a kafusi that last name and you're leaving BYU that's a surprise but he is a guy who's expected to be in the 2 deep at defensive end for BYU so that's also an impact in that regard
1: yep uh well you know what you can't i'll never i never begrudge kids for transferring or not kids they're like adults so yes. i never i never begrudge college players for transferring and hopefully this is what's best for him Way uh, BYU will certainly miss him, but hopefully this ends up being a positive in his mm-hmm. career and his life. And, you know, hopefully he finds some sort of new motivation wherever he ends up. Yeah. And I, he'll be a name that people target, I'm yeah. sure.
3: And he's a return missionary, so he's a little bit older. Yeah. So, regardless, you're right. These... These student-athletes should have the ability to control their own destiny because every other student at a college has the ability to control it. Uh, the NCAA, for so long, coaches had all the power. They had to go to the coach and say, hey, I'd like to transfer, and the coach could just simply block it. Yeah. In this day and age with the transfer portal, they can jump in whenever, whenever they want, and they do have the ability to po- remove their name from the transfer portal if they decide to remain with that program, but it, it, you wish – Devin Kafusi and any kid who does this, they're taking their future into their own hands. And it's to be commended in a way, I think, that they're willing to say, you know what? Yeah. I need a new start. I need to try something different.
1: I've never really gotten on the you made a commitment thing.
3: Well, you know, that. In that, this day and age with the coaches, we just saw Mel Tucker up that's, in... That's
1: the, the old school thinking yeah. is, and what usually makes fans mad mm-hmm. is that when people transfer, what do they say? Oh, you made a commitment. Whereas in the pros, all of a sudden, it's not a commitment. Like, yeah. Once their contract's up, it's like, oh, I don't care, go where you want. But yeah. you know what? I, I, if they are in the right spot for four years, great. Yeah, if they're good in the, for you. If yeah. they're in the right spot by their third transfer, even better. You know, like if they're if it takes them one change of one change of school and it makes them into and they get what they want out of their career, mm-hmm. you know, and you get you know you get find happiness in that way, then I I'm, I'm all for it. And uh, you know, it's hard with. It's hard with coaches who get yes. to leave all the time and then players get that's the one I'm not like the whole pain thing is like a different conversation, but just the ability for the, the ability to move around yeah. is hard too. I get why they have the year because they don't just want everyone jumping from school to school. Well, time, and we're but, trending
3: towards it looks like the legislation's gonna come down here in April where it's gonna be one time free transfer. Which
1: I think is the way to go.
3: I'm hey with how the system is set up right now, Adrian. Yes, it needs to. And if it's your second
1: transfer, you sit out a year, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, that's fine by yeah.
3: me. I think that's a very common sense idea. And there's a lot of people out there saying, well, that means that the Alabamas and the Ohio States are guess what? There's still one thing that's going to preclude that from happening, from them collecting all this talent. The 25 initial counter rule that they have in college football. You can sign 25 guys each year. And that's a hard and fast rule.
1: Well, and also the, they get everybody anyway. Good point. Ohio State won a national title with their ninth-string quarterback. Third,
3: but who's counting? But
1: he could have started. And I, Joe Burrow, I know, couldn't get on the field at Ohio State. And, he just and now he's title. the number one pick.
3: Yeah, he, he just won a national title, and now he's gonna be the number one pick.
1: Right. right. So these the, the Alabama. Like I don't want to hear about the Alabamas I and know. the Ohio States because I know,
3: but. That the, argument to me doesn't work because they get them all anyway. But I'm just saying that's what co- that's what these fans are right. going to say about it. But you're but right. Spare
1: me that because now if you talk about, if you tell me that the Cincinnati's mm-hmm. are going to get hurt by this, yes, they are. But then my argument is
3: the G5 they're screwed by everything anyway. Well, guess what? The counterpoint to it all, Adrian, is there's a bunch of these uh, programs that will that will promise the world to an athlete just to get them to commit to that school. Yes. And let's say this program, let's say this young, there's a young man out there who commits to a program, has been committed to them for a year, and then a bigger name program comes in last minute and says, son, we think you're this, this, and this. You're going to be an all. And he shows up on campus and realizes, you know what? This isn't the spot for me. Right.
1: It's so much more fun when you're on your recruiting trip. Yeah. And they... They love you. They love you and they... <laughs> The, they take you on these great yeah. adventures all over whatever city they're in, and, and then you show up. You get in to July. hang out with all the coolest people, and yeah. you're just some 17 year old kid, and you're getting to hang out with college kids, and mm-hmm. it's fun and all that. And then you get there, and the coach who they don't even know your name, the coach was in your living room telling you how much you're going to be playing, and then he's like, "What are you doing? Why are you even speaking to me?"
3: And that's so that's my what I'm trying to say here is a, a program, let's say a G5 program, who lost a young man like that to a bigger name yeah. program. Well, maybe that young man gets to that bigger program, and realizes this isn't the spot for me. He could end up going back sure. to this original university and that's a boon to that university. And some kids maybe it's just about playing.
1: It is. And you get to yeah. like your point. I'm I'm just using yeah. Cincinnati randomly but because it's a well-known SMU SMU, BYU, whatever. Yeah. Say a guy say a guy's committed to BYU and then USC comes in late and convinces him to come, and he gets down there and he's third string, and he thinks this isn't for me. I want to be playing right away. Comes back to BYU because a player who's getting recruited to play at USC and BYU is probably going to be on the field right away at BYU. You right? can be
3: the man in Provo or be a, a right. Joe, and maybe in you decide Southern you want to transfer California. once. Yeah,
1: and and you can do it, and yeah. that. So now I I just don't want. There's been talking like the mid season transfer, you know. There should be no eligibility to play right away, but you shouldn't lose your ne- like week six. I shouldn't say, "Hey, I want to go to."
3: Well, yeah, we just saw it with Derek King this past season. He red shirts. I'm going to stay at Houston. No, you're
1: not. No, but what I mean is, I don't want five weeks into the season, someone, and then uh, week six, they're playing kay. in another uniform. They
3: need to, yeah, they need to stop that from happening. Yeah. Absolutely, you can't, you can't transfer week 4 and then week 6 you're suited up for right. your rival team yeah. in theory. That that can't happen. I and I think they'll make sure that the bylaws say that that isn't yeah. a, isn't allowed to happen. But the nice part is I think that you're allowing these student athletes to finally have some control over their future sure. when these coaches can up and leave whenever they want. Yeah. So
1: yeah. and uh, that's where all the money is so. Yes. It's it's very complicated. I I always say it's way more complicated than just saying right the right the players a check it's yeah. way more complicated than that but like there said, there, are a separate things, there are there yeah. are things that people can do to kind of even the field a little bit
3: yeah I think that uh, the way that the current transfer system is set up it's completely broken I hope this new proposal does pass in April. Give all these student athletes. You get one time. You get a free pass one time. You get transfer, and after that, yeah, you have to sit the year if you want to transfer again. I think it's a very common sense system. You don't have these waivers that are out there that you're so that you're thinking, okay, well, am I going to get this approved? One time transfer without penalty. I think it's a common sense solution to the current system.
1: All right, coming up on the other side, let's preview the Jazz as they take on the uh, Detroit Pistons tonight. And then uh, we'll get a little a five minutes of soccer and a local look-in coming up uh, to wrap up the show as we make way for Utah State basketball as they are in the championship game against San Diego State. Should be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Scotty G on the call here on the Zone Sports Network. That's
0: the weekend. <laughs> Let's go. It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to The Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't, can't, can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
3: Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. He's Adrian. I'm Jake. Thanks for joining us on your Saturday afternoon. Weather's been good the last couple of days, Adrian. It's yeah, been we're hitting springtime. I actually went and hit a bucket of balls yesterday, trying to get my golf game back in. How's the water. how's the stroke? Yeah, it's had a really rusty winter, let's put it that way. It was not pretty. I'm the guy out there who's like just chunking and just Hitting balls every which way. Let's go yeah. that way. We are gonna we need some more practice before we actually take on an actual course. <laughs> yes, like. yes, yes. So anyways, but uh, good times. Adrian, let's talk about the Utah Jazz here for just a little bit. Uh, they are in action this evening, 5 o'clock Mountain Time. That means a 4 o'clock pregame here on the Zone Sports Network. Of course, your radio home for the Utah Jazz. And I'm not going to lie, Adrian, when I thought of the Detroit Pistons in this day and age after they traded Andre Drummond earlier this year, the only person I could think of off the top of my head who I knew was on Detroit was Derrick Rose. Do you know anybody else?
1: Uh, Blake Griffin.
3: But Blake's been out all year, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he doesn't play. I was but... say, I was like, okay, I'm kind of guys who actually play on the court currently.
1: Um, Of course, you've got uh, oh, Luke Kennard, but he's out, right? I, I think, think he's, he's out. out so Dang you know. it. Um...
3: <laughs> I'm telling you, man.
1: Oh, Reggie Jackson? Oh, nope, nope. He's, nope. With, the LA he's with the Clippers now. He's with the Clippers now. Yeah, that's uh slim Pickens for.
3: Let's put for, it this uh, way:
1: the 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 Motor
3: City team. Okay, I just pulled up their roster. Run down some of these names. Thon
1: Maker. He's the one who got in the fight against say, the Philippines, know, right? You,
3: you might know Thon Maker. He's an Australian so uh, he forward. flying leg kicks uh, in he, national games. Yeah, against, what was it? Was that against the I Philippines? I think it was the Philippines. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, Sviatoslav Mikhailuk, of course, he's the former Kansas star. I couldn't have told you that he was on the... Langston Piston. Galloway. Yeah. Tony Snell, the former New Mexico stars on this roster. I'm telling you, tonight, it's the... Derek Rose and four other guys show for the yeah. Detroit Pistons. It, it, this is not a game that the Jazz should lose. No, like just looking at it on its head. No,
1: this will be a. Um, let me see what the line is tonight. Do you have that in front of you? Uh, because I, I'm going to go with the Jazz cover, whatever that line is,
3: <laughs> minus whatever you're you're going with it. I, I it's not hard. Uh, to let's man.
1: see, minus eight for yeah, the Jazz. Jazz should cover that. I, I this should be just you know wrap up this road trip. It's been very successful. Obviously, you're coming off the win against the Wizards before you went on the road trip. You got that big win last night against the Celtics. I know it's a back-to-back, but for no reason should this be a loss for the Utah Jazz. And they should go in there. They should This might be a team. They're they're worse than the Cavs. And they saw the Cavs.
3: Well, they traded their best player to the Cavs. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Andre Drummond. So
1: And I know they've got 20 wins on the year, but this oh. This to me just I I would I would think the Jazz would have more trouble with the Knicks, than and they've got more wins than two teams that they've played on this road trip, but this this is a poor Detroit Pistons team.
3: Yeah, lest I uh, think that Derrick Rose is actually playing, he is apparently out. He suffered a grade two ankle sprain earlier this week and might miss the entire rest of the oh, season. Oh my goodness! So <laughs> I'm telling you. That. So. Um, Dwayne Casey's got his work Dwayne cut Dwayne Casey out for him. might
1: have the eventual number one pick here. Is that what's...
3: Yeah, uh, Jordan McRae is... Uh, they picked him up off waivers from the Denver Nuggets. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, yeah, they're scraping bottom barrel up there in the Motor City, it looks like, at least basketball-wise. Yes,
1: and so it should be... You know, hopefully, I don't want to say Blake Griffin is too good to be there, but maybe he finds his way. Because he totally got hosed by the Clippers, like... They put his name in the rafters <laughs> as part of his his uh free agency pitch.
3: Yeah, but then Jerry And then traded him away. But then Jerry West came in and said, Hey, listen up. He needs to go. Jerry West is a very well respected basketball mind. I don't think we can argue with the fact what he's done helping the Clippers build what they've got right yes. now. So you're right. A guy like Blake Griffin. I would imagine he's going to engineer something to get himself out of Detroit because this is just a it's a this is a roster that is going to be turned over. Yeah,
1: they they're not going to look like this next year either. No, and so but the the Jazz I expect them to have a good night. I expect the starters to come out and have a better a better night because yeah. um, they have not they didn't look good last night and I, there's going to be some motivation. Uh, the bench came up huge for the Jazz last night and mm-hmm. tonight I will expect the starters to have a better night.
3: Yeah, and the biggest thing, I think you if you, you don't want to drop a game like this is you get ready for next week, which begins with the defending champion Toronto Raptors, Pascal Siakam, and those guys are coming into town. You've got games against, uh, we already mentioned this earlier in the show, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies, who are both surprise teams this year, I feel like, because they're battling for playoff seeds currently. And they're going to be motivated when they come into Utah next week. So this is a game you can't afford to lose. You want to keep that momentum going as you get ready. Every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 90. Coming up of games.
1: Yeah, the Jazz now in the fourth spot in the uh, Western Conference. The Lakers, they clinched last night. uh, First Western Conference team to do so. Correct. Uh, The East has the Raptors and the Bucks already clinched. And uh, the Lakers have the Clippers tomorrow night, which is going to be a fascinating game because that's a tough weekend for the Lakers but they got they got the Bucks win mm-hmm. kind of show hey we're still out here too let's not you know that and that was a game for Milwaukee who you know the topic of a conversation the last couple of weeks has been how's the team this good with an MVP on it um not getting more love correct that was a game where they could have gone into LA and really showed that they are and, and it's a one off we all know but that could have that would have gone a long way for changing some of the NBA narrative and now what's the narrative Whoever gets, whoever wins out of the Clippers and the Lakers, in the in the Western Conference Finals, will be the favorite. So, uh, that's an interesting weekend. Like, and then uh, Denver, they're two games up on the Jazz. The Jazz, mm-hmm. one game up on the Rockets. Then the Thunder are still hanging around. Dallas is still there. You never, you don't. Doncic is incredible. And then, like you said, Memphis. I I would be, I would feel really bad for John Morant, if. The hype train of Zion only playing forty games or whatever he's going to end up playing gets him Rookie of the Year,
3: absolutely. Because
1: Josh ja should be he should be uh, rewarded for getting a team that no one had any thought would be in the playoff conversation.
3: Memphis was left for dead after yeah. the, after what they did. They, they it looked like they were completely just blowing up the roster, and it was, they thought you thought okay, Jaron Jackson, John ja Morant, Brandon Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks. That's some pieces to build around. Yeah. Nobody expected them to be challenging for the for the eighth spot, yeah. let alone even being in the mix for the playoffs. And they're three games season.
1: up in the eighth spot. Yeah.
3: So, and then and- –
1: for Zion, all the hype to come around, and then him, if he got rookie of the year, I would feel like Jaw got totally
3: robbed. Correct. I'm with you in that regard. Because Jaw's played the entire season. Mm-hmm. He has been fearless. You see him every night trying to go just throw down these monster dunks. Okay. One of these nights, he's going to connect on one of those. Yep. And it is going to be on every highlight reel for, from now until the end of time. Yep. Because he is just flying over people. And you're right. Don't let the hype of Zion... Overtake what the body of work that Jaw has put together so far, and I, I, I'm afraid that that might happen.
1: It would be the biggest robbery of Rookie of the Year since Ben Simmons.
3: <laughs> you mean the you mean the sophomore Ben Simmons winning the Rookie of the Year? Yep. Yeah.
1: No. Uh, all right. Coming up on the other side, we'll get into five minutes of soccer a little bit, and our local look, we'll kind of go a little longer at the end of the hour just to kind of get everything in. Yeah. As, uh, women's basketball is rolling right now in conference tournaments. You got men's basketball. BYU volleyball had a big weekend down on the islands uh there's an exciting couple of matches down there uh and then rsl was in action today so there's a lot home opener
0: right uh, yeah home home opener, opener so
1: we'll get into that a little bit as well that's all coming up next here on the saturday show
0: whether you're stuck at the mall in the yard or making a quick trip to the home improvement store We've got your back. It's going to be May. This is The Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Wrapping things up here on the Saturday show in a few minutes, but first it is time for five minutes of soccer and the local look in. Jacob, let's start with RSL as uh, they opened things up today.
3: Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll give you the lead real quick. RSL ties 1 1 in their home opener against the New York Red Bulls. Uh, Demir Krylock, 91st minute header. was RSL's only goal on the day and it was a match Adrian if you watched it RSL had probably three four five chances that they probably should have put in the back of the net uh some good saves from the Red Bulls keeper as well as just RSL's misfiring uh unfortunately it did not allow them to take all three points but such as it is you take a point and you move on now as they get ready to head back out on the road they f- have three of their next four matches on the road what do you call that a result a result yes they got a point let's Let's just say I think they
4: looked a lot better than they did last week against Orlando. That's what happens I, when you play at home, yeah. Yeah, I think they made strides forward, so I think there's a lot of positives to take away from this. But next week is an extremely tough game. I'm doing this thing this year where I'm trying to scout RSL opponents for some reason <laughs> on, my, on my ESPN+. Plus. Okay. So tonight, if you're an RSL fan and you have ESPN+, Plus, really good game, Seattle Sounders, Columbus Crew tonight the real salt lake will be taking on columbus crew next week and columbus is projected to be one of those top three seeds in the eastern conference so should be a good game next week in columbus
3: yeah it's three o'clock mountain time next saturday out there at map stadium in columbus ohio uh, I, I think the biggest thing adrian is we saw i think a pretty classic uh the first two weeks for rsl here you go on the road kind of a makeshift lineup, you struggle to a scoreless draw, take a point there, you come back home and look so much sharper. That's a very MLS type of a performance, where you come back home, you look a lot sharper. Obviously, when you're playing with your home fans behind you, it does give you that boost, but... Eric is right. RSL looks so much sharper today. They had more of a first choice eleven. Their their best players out there on the field, and
4: their possession in the final third was just so much better. Yeah, they so they got so yeah. many more scoring chances than they did against Orlando.
3: Yeah, so that so the nice part is you can take some confidence from that. But you're right. There's a very tough match staring them in the face next Saturday. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how RSL does here because the first four of their first six matches are on the road. So they. They're going to have to be road warriors in the early part of this season so far.
4: And historically, they always start slow.
3: Yeah, true.
1: All right, there's your RSL update mm-hmm. as uh, they look to make a second-half push again.
4: Well,
3: the season maybe two matches in. So <laughs> that sounds like they start slow. Nice and, as, well, hey, they've gotten they got two points out of two matches so far. So I think it's a better start than there some you other go. Seasons. Uh,
1: in the basketball world, Jake, uh, the Utah men, they just won. Uh, they beat Colorado in overtime, seventy four seventy two, before they head out into the uh, Pac twelve tournament. Also, on the women's side in the Pac twelve tournament, uh, University of Utah they fell to number three Oregon. Seventy nine, fifty nine in a game where they led after the first quarter. Also, why don't the men do quarters and the women do? It's so dumb. Get rid of halves. They,
3: they instituted the quarter system with women's basketball probably three years ago now. If I want, if I recall it's so correctly, so much better. It, it is better. I would. I want men's basketball to switch to it asap. It's so much better. There's a couple of things that and the possession arrow <clears throat> just need to get well, rid of those. I'm glad the NBA brought back the jump ball. Like the actual, yeah. if it's a jump ball, you're going to jump for it. I think college basketball needs to adopt that and also the quarter system.
1: Uh, But uh, Utah's season comes to an end, as they will likely, or they all just say, they will not make the NCAA tournament. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu doesn't get a triple-double, Jake. She only notches her 57th career double-double, unfortunately. She is something else. She is great. And uh, just on a side note, Jake, Uh uh, the the Wooden Award for NCAA women's basketball, they're down to their 15 finalists. Six of them are in the Pac-12.
3: The Pac-12 women's basketball this year, if you didn't pay attention, lights out. They've been very good.
1: They've got uh, UCLA, Oregon, Oregon State, State, who lost yesterday, Mm -hmm. got upset in the tournament. Uh, And also uh, Stanford's very good. And so they've got a lot of representation, at least on the women's side, not so much on the men's side. Uh, In volleyball, Jake, BYU volleyball, they played two matches down uh, in Hawaii, mm-hmm. in front of ten thousand plus people, Stan th- Sheriff Center, baby. You think the Smith Center school or uh, Smithfield House? This Smith- Smithfield House is cool. Yeah. That is a place to watch volleyball. And Stan I
3: Sheriff it. Center. When Hawaii volleyball is good, it's and the best when they're venue. playing BYU, yes, yeah, the best venue in college volleyball.
1: Uh, number one versus number two on Friday night or on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, BYU had the sweep last night. Exciting match. Hawaii wins in five with the reverse sweep. Yeah and uh the fifth set 19-17 so that's about as exciting as it gets in men's
3: volleyball BYU came out Thursday night and just absolutely pummeled they
1: hit 600 which is if you know yeah. anything about like if you don't know anything about volleyball think about it in baseball terms
3: 300s the is a good like see, if good you're a 300 number. hitter you're getting yeah.
1: 200 million dollars yeah. imagine hitting 600
3: yeah, exactly, and it's similar in volleyball. You're right that you hit that you hit above a 500 mark, you're absolutely rolling. Davide Gardini for uh, BYU at least Thursday night match he hit 750 on his own. Yep, and last night, yeah, it was a it was a very exciting five set thriller. BYU rolled out to a two set lead, and like you said, that reverse sweep for Hawaii to come back. I am interested to see how the national and the coaches polls uh, will kind of score this for BYU. Do you
1: you get rewarded for the sweep in dominating fashion and losing, or do you get rewarded for getting swept and then finding a way to win?
3: Yeah, so it'll be interesting because Hawaii has been the number one team all season long. BYU has been running the number two spot all year long. And this was set up like, okay, who's the real dominant team? I think we saw that at least BYU – Looked very good until Hawaii woke up. Yep, it, it seemed like they stunned the Rainbow Warriors in that first match, and then finally Hawaii's like, "Hold on, we're at home. We we, we can do this." And they got that re- reverse sweep in last night's match. In, re- in
1: the rally scoring era, to go three hours and eleven minutes, that was that is uh, that's a long match, but uh, a couple yeah. cool ones there. So yep. Uh anything else you want to add in the local looking gym? Uh
3: BYU women's basketball will be in action in the quarterfinals mm. of the West Coast Conference today. BYU men's basketball waiting to find out who they're gonna play in the semifinals on Monday.
1: And who do they play?
3: Uh they're gonna find out tonight because Saint Mary's is mm. favored, uh, but you have to of course see how that plays out for them and Oh I meant BYU, oh, but the women's they uh, play women's, pa- yeah. they play Pepperdine. Pepperdine, tonight. correct, yeah, the waves.
1: And uh they will look looks like they will play the uh, winner of Portland and Pacific, who are going on right now. So gotcha. uh, we'll keep an eye on that as well. That is going to do it for us, Jake. Shortened Saturday show, but that's okay because we're making way for Utah State basketball as they are in the finals of the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Scotty G on the call, and uh, he's had a couple really exciting calls, so I expect nothing less. Uh, this afternoon. So we'll make way for them. That's going to do it for us, Jake. Mm -hmm. uh, Good show today. Thank you. It was fun. Yes, it was fun. Big thanks to all our guests. Big thanks to Eric. For Jake, I'm Adrian, and uh, we'll talk to you next week on the Saturday Show.